Hi, and welcome to Nation State of Play. I'm your host, Brian Miller. On each episode of this podcast, we explore high-impact topics determining the future of our nation state. Our guest today is Rachel Lawler from the Public Policy Institute of California. Rachel recently led a new statewide poll for PPIC covering everything from the approval ratings of key politicians to support for the COVID stay-at-home orders. The poll is a great summary of where the state stands politically and the key numbers that will drive the decisions of policymakers over the next several months. I hope you enjoy the episode. Rachel, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate having you today. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. Great. Well, if you could tell us a little bit about PPIC and the work you do. Absolutely. So uh, PPIC is in its 25th year, and we are an independent, nonpartisan, nonprofit research institution, um, and we're based in San Francisco. And really, our mission is to inform and improve public policy in California um, through independent, objective, and nonpartisan research. Great. And can you tell listeners a little bit about what this poll series is? I think you call it the Californians and their government series. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the Californians and their government series um, is a survey that has been going on since 1998. And um, we aim to provide timely, relevant, um, and nonpartisan data on political, social, and economic opinions. And um, we hope that this data is used to inform and improve state policymaking um, and to help raise awareness about issues and to encourage discussion about them. And um, one thing that's a little bit different about our poll is we talk to all Californians, not just registered voters or likely voters, because oftentimes the um, the opinions of registered voters and what happens at the ballot box is quite different from the opinion of Californians at large. Um, so to, from 1998 till today, we've talked to over 370,000 Californians on over 180 um, general and issue-specific and regional surveys. That's great, and, and I think that's even more relevant as we move to this mail-in ballot situation where we may see higher you know, turnout, and I know you poll on that issue specifically, so we'll get into that, but great perspective. Um, well, anyway, PPIC has a new poll out. That's why I'm so happy to have you on the show. It digs into a ton of people and interesting issues in the state, and we will not have time to get to all of them, but we're going to give mm-hmm. listeners the link to the full poll afterwards. Um, I pulled out a few, though, that I want to dwell on that I think have really importance for what's going on in the state, both politically and, and as we start to work our way into the COVID recovery. Um, but let's start with the governor. He's obviously the highest profile person in the state. He's, um, he's, he's on press conferences most days of the week, and mm-hmm. people have um, a, a sort of deeper understanding of the work that a government does, I think, than probably any time I can remember in, uh, in, in political life. So what did you find about Governor Newsom's approval rating? So we track Governor Newsom's approval um, pretty regularly on nearly every poll that we do. And um, we found that this month, this poll, which was conducted from May 17th through 26th, uh, 65% of Californian adults and 64% of likely voters approve of um, the governor's job performance. And um, just for a little context, this is the highest rating we've seen for Governor Newsom since he took office um, in January of last year. And it's also um, 
the last time we measured approval levels that were this high for a governor was 65% for Governor Schwarzenegger back in August of 2004. Great. And and how does Newsom stand in compared to maybe some of the other national polling you've seen done in other states? I know you work only on California, but but that certainly puts Newsom in the top tier, right? Yeah, so um, that's correct. We do only poll in California, um, but based on other national polls that have recently come out, uh, Governor Newsom is definitely in the top tier of governors, particularly when it comes to, you know, the context of the handling of the coronavirus pandemic. And then looking at uh, inside that approval rating a little, we saw Democrats give Governor Newsom an 86% approval rating. It's just a whoppingly high number and in a state that's overwhelmingly Democratic. Um, of course, that's going to drive the top number. Um, we see Republicans coming in only at 27%, giving him an approval uh, rating, and then independents at 49, which is which is certainly interesting. And I think the governor would be happy with that number. Um, what do you make of the, the partisan polarization, though, and the difference between Democrats giving him an 86% approval and Republicans only 27%? Yeah, I'm. This is a um, pretty consistent finding that we have across um, when we ask about um, Governor Newsom's approval. There's a large partisan divide um, between Democrats and Republicans, as you mentioned. We the area where you will see a little bit of movement, and um, Brian, you may you may talk about this in a few minutes, is with the handling of the coronavirus. Um, it, there's still a large partisan divide there, but you do see um, a little bit of movement among the independents um, and the Republicans in terms of their approval. Well, well, that's a great transition. Let's talk about that number because they they, see, they are so um, inextricably intertwined. But yeah, what, what was the differences that you saw when, when you asked about the specific handling of the COVID? Sure. So um, we there was a separate question that we asked about uh, if you approve or disapprove of the governor's handling of the coronavirus pandemic. And the overall approval rating went up a little bit um, from 65 to about 7 in 10 adults across the state, as well as likely voters, say that they approve um, of the governor's handling of the pandemic. And when you break that down um, by partisans, 87% of Democrats approve. So relatively exactly the same as overall approval, but independents um, are at 58% on approval of COVID um, handling versus 49 overall approval, and Republicans actually go up 10 points, so 37% of Republicans approve of his handling of COVID versus 27% overall. Yeah, that, that is interesting. So you, because, and, and I ask listeners to note this because we're going to show some national polling later that maybe suggests that people aren't making the distinction in overall approval ratings versus how a particular politician is handling COVID. But California Republicans, and particularly independents, even if they don't necessarily agree with everything the governor's doing, are giving him some increased credit on, on his handling of COVID. So I think that's interesting. Absolutely. So, so while we're on talking about state politics, um, let's talk about the legislative approval number. I, I always think these numbers are interesting because because I feel like people don't particularly know their legislators very well. I think most people would be hard pressed to like name their state senator or their state assembly member. Um, what did you find when you asked about people's views of the California legislature? 
Sure. So similar to um, the approval question on Governor Newsom, we asked the same for the legislature. And this um, May, we found 56% of adults and 50% of likely voters approve um, of the job that the legislature is doing. And approval ratings were similar this past February when we last asked this question. Um, however, when we go back and look at our previous data, um, approval for this is the highest um, approval rating we've seen for the legislature since January of 2017. Yeah, that, that strikes me as a pretty high number. You know, we're used to seeing congressional approval ratings like somewhere below serial murders typically when we ask that question. And so, um, <laughs> so you know, yeah, when, when you see people sort of saying, yeah, I just, you know, broadly approve of what the governor's doing, what the mm -hmm. legislature's doing, and also at yeah. a time of just extreme, you know, problems in the state. Um, I, I think there'd be a lot of people in Sacramento who'd be pretty happy seeing those numbers. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, we didn't specifically ask why people felt this way, but just looking at, say, the governor's approval ratings being so high, um, I would maybe guess that a little bit of that is feeding into this, and people kind of look at, you know, the governor as the head of the state, and then the legislature kind of follows suit. So they, I would assume that perhaps um, they're benefiting a little bit from the high approval for the governor. You also asked a question. I think it's interesting to see these regional breakdowns within the state because we are so diverse. Um, maybe talk a little bit about how you see the legislative and the governor's approval ratings changing when you look at it by different regions. Sure. Well, today, um, roughly six and ten um, across the Central Valley, Los Angeles, um, Orange, San Diego, and the San Francisco Bay Area say um, that they approve of the legislature um, versus about four and ten in the Inland Empire. So it's a little bit lower in that region. Um, and this this is fairly consistent in terms of where it's a higher approval rating versus where it's lower. But we have seen um, a little bit of an uptick in those regions where I mentioned six and 10 approve, um, a little bit of an uptick in approval in the past uh, month. So sticking with the state issues for a minute, any, anything jump out at you that we haven't talked about in the, in the state issues? Any surprises to you as you were reviewing this data? Um, Sure. So I, I don't know if we're going to talk about this in a little while, but in terms of the direction of the state, um, somewhat surprising. Um, we ask a question of respondents and whether they think that California is going in the right direction or the wrong direction. And when we first looked at the data for this month, um, we were somewhat surprised, given the context of COVID-19, that 58% of adults and 56% of likely voters say that things in California are going in the right direction. Um, and that is similar to January results when we asked this question, where 50% of likely voters, uh, excuse me, 50% of adults and 49% of likely voters said this. So we haven't seen um, a lot of change in um, those saying that the state is going in the right direction despite the COVID-19 pandemic. However, when we go back and we look at this data, um, people tend to answer this question in terms of um, political direction rather than say economic direction. So given that the governor has such high approval ratings and even the state legislature, perhaps it's not quite as surprising that um, you know over half still think that the state is going in the right direction. Yeah, and I suppose you can think um, rationally that the state's having a lot of problems as every state is, 
but we're also doing the right things to get out of them. Um, and that, that's probably how I would answer that question is I think we're going in the right direction, but we also have a, a ton of problems. So um, sure. I suppose you could square that circle, but, but that is interesting. Um, what about uh, the virus specifically and the views of whether there should be more restrictions, less restrictions, and particularly the partisan breakdown on this topic? Sure. So we actually asked um, two different questions about restrictions. Um, the first question that we asked was about um, when it comes to restrictions on public activity in the respondents area of the state um, due to the coronavirus. Um, we found that 28% of Californians think that there should be fewer restrictions than there are now. 25% think that there should be more restrictions than there are now. And 46%, so roughly close to half, think that there should be um, about the same number of restrictions that there are now. And there is a partisan divide um, on this question. Um, so 56 I'm sorry, 58 percent of Democrats say that there should be um, about the same number of restrictions as there are now versus Republicans, where 56 percent say that there should be fewer restrictions. Um, and independents are pretty divided on this question. Um, 43 percent say there should be fewer restrictions. 37 percent say there should be the same number and 19 percent say there should be more. So there is a big partisan divide here. Um, we, we asked another question about restrictions um, in regards to whether state governments um, are, or the greater concern is that state governments are lifting restrictions too quickly or not quickly enough. And 58% uh, of Californians said that their greater concern is that state governments will lift them too quickly. And 38% said they're more concerned about restrictions not being lifted quickly enough. And again, there's a big partisan divide um, with 82% of Democrats being more concerned about lifting the restrictions too quickly um, versus 70% of Republicans saying that their greater concern is not lifting the restrictions quickly enough. It's super interesting. I, I feel like that 58% of people who are concerned about lifting them too quickly is probably the number that is driving political decisions in the state or COVID restriction decisions, I suppose I should say more than anything. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if you're a decision maker and you're looking at that, you, you know, you've got really strong support from the public to, to keep doing what you think is right here, listening to the science. Um, and that's certainly not as true in other states who I think have felt political pressure to roll back the restrictions faster. So um, I'm a little surprised that number's that high still mm -hmm. through about three months after the quarantines have, have come. But what's what's your reaction to that? Yeah, um, I, I agree. And I think, um, again, even though these decisions are being made at a state level, um, I think some of the partisan division here is being driven, again, by whether or not um, you approve of the president's job performance because we did look at these results. Um, I, I guess I should take a step back and say we, we know that the president for several weeks now has been encouraging states to reopen. Um, so if you approve of his handling of the coronavirus and approve of the president, I think that's driving some of this because if we look at this data among um, those who say they approve of the president overall, 64% are saying that their greater concern is not lifting restrictions quickly enough. And among those who say that they do not approve of the president's job performance, 73% say their greater concern is lifting restrictions too quickly. So I do think, again, that, that um, there's that steadfast base and those people that approve of the president and they're really kind of, um, in, that's influencing how they think about um, coronavirus restrictions. 
Yeah, and, you know, I've heard the governor talk about this and be pretty explicit, actually, that the reason he is avoiding open warfare with Trump, even though Trump lobs all kinds of insane things in, into Newsom's lab every day, is Newsom understands that there is this chunk of Californians who he needs to listen to him on these issues. And they're actually more likely to listen to President Trump th than him. We think of ourselves as a highly progressive state, and we certainly are. But, but there is a, a bigger chunk than people sometimes appreciate of <clears throat> pretty conservative people, mostly live in the Central Valley, um, but at least, at least by the overall numbers. And I think uh, Newsom has, I think, been really smart about making sure that he's not being overly partisan because this is a public health issue that, that doesn't pick um, part, sort of partisan boundaries on where it, where it goes. Um, so I think he's, he's conscious of that data. I think it's a really important number to flag. So, um, so thanks for explaining that. But, sure. but that's, that's a great segue to, to the president's overall approval rating. So, so why don't we, I want to ask both about his approval rating and then his approval rating of COVID. But let's start with his approval rating generally. Sure. So in May, we find that the president's approval rating is 35% among adults and 33% among likely voters in California. And his approval ratings have remained pretty consistent over the past couple of years among both groups, both adults and among likely voters. Um, and we haven't seen a lot of change. It's, it's consistently been at about one third um, approve of the president's job performance, regardless of what's happening. So regardless of of the coronavirus pandemic um, or the impeachment proceedings, um, always kind of in between that 30 to 35% mark of approval in the state. Yeah, and that's the number I'm just alluding to, you know, um, Gavin Newsom has to talk to that 35% of the state and in a state of 40 million people, that's a lot of people actually. Yeah. Um, so, and you know, I think some people's reaction to that number might be surprised that it, Trump's approval, rate, approval rating is 35% in California. It, sound, it sounds low, but it might be higher than you'd think for a, you know, a very democratic state. Um, and, we, and we see consistently nationally that his approval rating is you know, low 40s. So it, it's higher, but it's not that much higher nationally. Um, so that's that's a pretty good baseline to think about where California politics are is, you know, 30, 35% hardcore Republican base, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and which is a, which is a higher number than Republican registration in the state would would indicate. Yes, um, we have, you know, in recent the past couple of years seen, you know, the independent registration increase um, and the Republican um, registration starting to go down a little bit. So, um, but we still see, you know, when you look at the approval ratings by party, you still see overwhelming um, partisan support or partisan opposition to the president. Um, we have eight and 10 Republicans approving of the president compared to four and 10, 10 uh, independents and fewer than one in 10 Democrats. So it really is still, um, you know, a big partisan divide. Okay. So, uh, let's talk next about what I think is the most interesting number in the poll, which is that 81% of California Republicans approve of President Trump's handling of COVID, not just his approval, period, but actually approve of his handling of COVID. Um, this is a guy who, you know, said, said the virus was contained and we now have more deaths than two Vietnams. He has suggested people 
infect, uh, inject themselves with disinfectants. He's targeted reporters for wearing masks. I could go on and on, but, but yeah, 81% of California Republicans think that he is doing a good job in handling COVID. What, what do you make of that? So, um, Again, if I would go, kind of go back to his overall approval rating, because when we asked um, about his approval of his handling of COVID-19, we found 36% of adults and 34% of likely voters um, say that they approve, which is nearly identical to his overall approval numbers. And um, it's the same when we break it down by parties. 81% uh, of Republicans approve um, 41% of independents and 11% of Democrats. So, um, they're so similar to the president's overall rating. So the chances are, if you approve of the president overall, you also approve of his handling of the coronavirus. And I think, again, these are his steadfast supporters. Um, they're going to support him regardless of what's going on. So we're just not going to see a lot of movement on that. It's, again, right around that one-third mark of um, Californians supporting the president and they're going to support him overall as well as on specific issues regardless of um, you know what may be going on. Yeah and I, I think this is so interesting because I, I think this actually gets to the idea of how people answer polls and um, I'm a big fan of Dan Kahneman's work who wrote a book called Thinking Fast and Slow. Um, he's, a, he's a Nobel laureate from Berkeley. Mm -hmm. And he talks about this concept of what he calls substitution. And, and what he means is that when faced with a difficult question that is hard to answer, what people often do is they substitute an easier, more available question. And, and oftentimes we don't even notice we're doing it. And so in the book, um, I think he uses an example of an investor deciding whether to buy Ford stock and you know, whether, you, whether the company is a good investment, that's a hard question. But what most people do is they say, well, do I like Ford cars? Is that, is, is that a good choice? And then they make the decision based on that. And I, and I feel like to your point, when people get a question of, do you think President Trump is doing a good job on handling COVID? I, I actually really struggle to believe 81% of Republicans actually think he's doing a good job on handling COVID. But I accept that they think he's a better president than a Democrat, which is what the approval rating really means. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I wonder as, as a pollster, and you, and you think about these topics of like how people answer questions, what, what do you think goes on in their mind when, when faced with um, <clears throat> a sort of sticky question like that, that, that makes you uncomfortable? Sure. Um, well, I, that's really interesting point that you brought up about people substituting a bit of an easier question. And I do think that that could be playing a role here. Um, I can't say 100% for, for certain, but, you know, with people um, with the kind of partisan environment that we're in, um, I do think, you know, if people hear, do you approve or disapprove of President Trump, often people that um, maybe support the president overall, they just, they hear, do you approve or disapprove, and they automatically just say they approve. They don't really, um, you know, it doesn't matter the issue that they're talking about. They just want to show support for the president because they are a Republican, or they want to, you know, disapprove of the president because they are a Democrat, and it doesn't um, matter on the issue. Um, so, like I said, I can't, I don't have data to, to to back that up, but I do think that could be playing a role here. 
And to distinguish that from what we saw with the Newsom numbers that we were talking about before, where we saw Republicans who otherwise disapprove of, of Newsom, he's a liberal Democrat, we don't like liberal Democrats, but 10% more saying, but I think he's doing a good job on COVID and, and, a, and a pretty significant chunk more of independence saying, but I think he's doing a good job on COVID. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, um, and maybe it's not the same to ask whether you disapprove of someone and whether you're willing to change your opinion on that based on COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that's sort of an interesting comparison as we see California Republicans giving you some, a little bit more benefit of the doubt, but being fully hardened on their opinion of what, whether they're with Trump or not. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I do think t- you you mentioned this earlier that um, the governor came out and tried to make it a public health issue, not a partisan issue, where as many people looked at Trump's daily um, press briefings as quite partisan or maybe um, blaming or attacking certain people or organizations. So I think um, perhaps Republicans in California did take notice that the governor was trying to be um, a leader for everyone during this time. And I think that's reflected in his poll numbers, as you mentioned, because we did see that um, 10% jump from overall approval to um, approval on the handling of the coronavirus. All right. And then, so let's move on to congressional approval numbers. This, Mm -hmm. this is becoming more and more relevant as we're getting closer to the election and, um, you know, particularly these competitive house districts in, um, in Orange County that we have um, could well determine who, who controls the house. So, so what did you find in the, um, the views of Congress amongst Californians? Sure. So um, today we have 38% of adults and 31% of likely voters say saying that they approve of how Congress is handling its job. And um, approval was similar both in February and January of this year, um, but it was slightly lower uh, a year ago when we asked this question. So um, looking at the data, we saw approval jump from 28% in November to 39, or excuse me, 38% in January, where it remains today. Um, and we've seen a similar increase among likely voters. And do you typically look at some of the individual uh, competitive districts, uh, particularly in Orange County? Is that something planned for future polling, maybe? So we've, we've looked at um, competitive House districts this time around um, because we were asking about voting in the House of Representatives. Um, So there are seven, um, as determined by Cook Cook Political Report, there are seven House districts that are competitive um, in the upcoming election. And we asked if the election were held today, whether respondents, um, likely voters, would vote for the Republican candidate or the Democratic candidate. And we found that 59% of likely voters say that they would vote for or lean toward the Democratic candidate, and 34% say they would vote for or lean toward um, the Republican candidate. However, there is um, it's a bit more of a tight race in those seven competitive districts. Um, And in those districts, a slim majority of 52% favors the Democratic candidate um, over the Republican candidate at 44%. Okay. And in, you know, districts that are probably still predominantly, or at least some of them predominantly Republican registration, that's probably a number that makes Speaker Pelosi fairly happy at this stage of the race, I would think. Um, so, um, so what about Kamala Harris's approval rating? She's, she's been all over the news recently as being added near the top of 
Joe Biden's VP shortlist. So I think it's, it's interesting to think about where she currently stands with Californians. Sure. So um, we last asked about Kamala Harris's job approval in our February survey, and that was obviously in the wake of the impeachment trial and also her withdrawal from the presidential race. So in February, uh, 49% of adults and 54% of likely voters approved of the job she was doing as a U.S. senator, and that was actually her highest approval rating among all adults um, and second highest approval rating since we first started asking about um, her job performance in March of 2017. Yeah, and substantially higher than the overall congressional appro approval numbers. I know it's, yes. it's different when you're putting a name behind it, but, um, but, but that's a strong number. You, know, you don't typically see senators um, you know, over 50%. Um, so I, I think that that's, that that's got to make her happy too as she's reading your poll. Um, great. Well, is is there any uh, anything we haven't talked about that you thought um, was was a, a call out from the poll that we should uh, we should flag? Um, sure. So I think there are a couple things that were interesting, um, particularly in light of the budget discussions that were that are going on uh, right now in the state. So. We, our survey period, our fieldwork period was right after the governor released um, his May revision, just a couple of days after. So we asked a question, we, we kind of did a short summary of the governor's budget proposal and asked respondents whether they favor or oppose. And we found that Californians are really, really divided at this point. 43% um, say they favor and 43% are opposed to his revised budget plan. And that could um, be a factor of the survey being conducted only a couple days after the revision um, was released. People may not have had enough time to kind of absorb the budget and maybe as they learn more about it, we'll kind of see those numbers shift. So um, we and we asked a follow-up question about whether or not tax increases should be included in the budget, and we found a majority of Californians over 6 and 10 do not believe that they should be included. So um, I think those findings are particularly relevant um, given that we are in the midst of the negotiations right now. Um, and then the, the other thing I think um, would is interesting is um, in regards to the vote by mail executive order that the governor signed recently. Um, and that obviously he directed all county elections officials to send uh, vote by mail ballots to all registered voters in the state. So we asked um, likely voters whether they thought this was a good idea or a bad idea. And uh, an overwhelming majority, 73%, said that they think that this is a good idea. Um, Democrats, there is a bit of a partisan divide again with Democrats. Um, 94%, so nearly all Democrats think that this is a good idea, um, versus 63% of independents and 37% um, of Republicans. So I do think this is important to keep in mind, given that um, it may have an impact on the election, particularly in regards to those competitive House races. Yeah, and, and I particularly wonder um, how difficult it is going to be to poll those competitive races, given that everyone is going to be getting a ballot now. So, so you know, as a, as a pollster, how would how would you tackle that problem of um, sort of figuring out what the likely voter model is in a totally new situation where everyone's going to have a ballot in their living room? 
You know, that's a great question. And um, I think it's something that we will have to address the closer we get to the election. Um, we do tend to adjust our likely voter model the closer we get um, because we can take more factors into consideration, such as, um, you know, are you planning to vote or have you already voted? Um, but again, I think um, we'll need to have a discussion as an institute about how we want to look at the results um, or ask the questions this time around because it is a totally new scenario for us. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Great. Uh, so any, anything upcoming in future polls that the listeners should keep an eye out for? Well, um, we do our our Californians and their government surveys about six times a year. So definitely keep an eye out. They're, they're released fairly regularly. And next month we'll be um, conducting and releasing our survey on Californians and the environment. So there'll be a lot of important issues um, asked about and discussed in that survey, as well as how environmental issues might uh, play a role in the presidential election. Great. Uh, so if people want to find out more about PPIC and how to support your work, where can they go? Yeah, absolutely. They can go to our website, which is ppic.org. You can find the full um, reports on this survey, as well as our crosstabs cross and public time trends on the questions that we asked. Um, and there are links there if you want to support this work and also just a lot of great content on a variety of topics. Great. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for being here. Um, I thought this was a super interesting poll. We hope to have you back again as we get closer to the election. Really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Brian, and um, would love to come back at any point in the future. Great. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Nation State of Play. Our producer is Hannah Miller. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. For more information, click through the link on your podcast app to our homepage.